It's a long, strong tradition. This year marks the 30th anniversary of the Boscov's Berks Jazz Festival. The roots of jazz in Reading are deep, and they center around the late great jazz saxophonist Frank Scott, who opened clubs in the area and played with Bing Crosby and Ray Charles, among others. Each year, Frank Scott is remembered by Burke's Arts with an award established by the Gerland Foundation, and the 2020 award was presented to Benny Sims, bassist, band leader, producer, composer, and educator from Berks County. Sims knew Scott and even worked with him. He tells the Reading Eagle, Frankie was a big influence on me as a youngster. The first time he heard me play, he held me in high regard. He encouraged me to keep getting better, to move forward and improve. Later, I played on one of Frankie's albums, Never Too Old to Dream. I'm playing upright bass now. I didn't play upright bass when Frankie was alive. He always wanted me to play upright. At that time, I was working so much and so busy traveling, I didn't have time to learn the instrument. But now I've been playing the upright for about nine years. If Frankie could see that now, I think he'd be pretty proud of that. This will be my 29th year at Burke's Jazz Fest. The first year, Cliff Starkey and I were in Japan with the Three Degrees Band. Frankie did the first year of the festival. The next two years, Cliff and I did it with Frankie. Frankie was the attraction at the time. It was great to hear him play, and his deliberate jazz approach to playing ballads was amazing to me. He played beautifully. I remember thinking that someday I will own the music like he owned it. I hope he's looking down and he sees what I'm doing now with a big smile on his face. He encouraged me all the time. It's pretty cool. That from the Reading Eagle in April this year. Words of Benny Sims. So the tradition is a living tradition in Berks County. And Year 30 opens this Friday, August 13th, with Grammy Award-winning trumpeter Chris Bodie. Bodie is returning as an audience favorite. The celebration continues through August 22nd, and we had a chance to speak by phone with John Ernesto, general manager of the Berks Jazz Festival, about its history and what's in store to mark 30 years of music making. Reading has a good history of jazz. Uh, jazz was part of the club scene in, in Reading for many years. Several artists you know, used to come up here and play all the time. Frankie Scott was a saxophone player from Reading. He, he had his own clubs, but he also played uh, regionally and nationally at times. And he, he was kind of like a legend in Reading and Berks County for, for jazz. And in fact, to recognize his legacy and continue his legacy, we created the Frank Scott Award that's given to someone in the community, mostly musicians, who have maintained their, their passion for jazz and have done a lot to keep jazz alive in the community. So, uh, yeah, Frankie was part of the early years of Jazz Fest. 
unfortunately, he passed away in 1995. But yeah, there was a there was definitely a, a jazz scene in the early days in clubs and restaurants and things like that. Tell me then how it was that the festival came to gel and take off. Well, the jazz festival started. Uh, it, was, it was a collaboration between the Berks Arts Council at the time. Now it's Berks Arts, but Berks Arts, the Visitors Association, and a group of hotels in the Wine Missing area who wanted to create a cultural tourism event during traditionally a slow period of time for business, and particularly the hotel business. And that's how it started. They, they targeted you know March, early April time frame and. And that was the beginning of it. And it started out as a two-and-a-half, three-day fest, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And um, it was off and running. It had its ups and downs, obviously. I was involved at the very beginning. Uh, I was the marketing director at the Reading Eagle, the newspaper. And they asked me to come on board, help with marketing and community communications and things like that. And the third year, I was, like, co-chair of it. And the fourth year, they asked me to take over and I, I was been general manager since the fourth year. It's been a long journey. So. And John, how about your early years? Were you a music lover? Were you a musician? And how did you come to your love of jazz? It's, it's funny. I, I became a jazz fan while I was in high school. Listened to Dave Brubeck back in the 60s. Uh, that kind of hooked me on to instrumental jazz. I do not play an instrument. I'm not a musician. And I always loved music. And and I, as I got older, I, you know, back when I was in the 60s and early 70s, I was a big fan. I used to go see Motown shows all the, all the time. And my, when I, I got married, my wife Susie, she was a big fan of music. You know, we go to concerts all the time. <laughs> we kind of have it in our in our souls, I guess, to be to love of music. I never was, I would say, an avid jazz fan. But when I got involved in the jazz festival, obviously that changed. And it just opened up a whole new world to me in many ways. Even the so many styles of jazz to enjoy and take in. Well, you actually did then have a chance to book the Dave Brubeck Quartet before he passed away, did you? A couple times? <laughs> yes, I did. That was one of the mem- my, my great memories of this festival of doing this was actually getting to work with Dave Brubeck. I mean, I, I sat there that night when the first time he played the festival, and I was just sitting a little off stage to a little bit, and I was just like, wow. This is pretty cool, you know? So it was a journey from the mid to late 60s and listen to his music. Now here I am involved in the jazz festival presenting Dave Brubeck. You know, you go like, how did this all happen? <laughs> it did. Yeah, and now we're, now we're presenting his sons doing the music of Dave Brubeck so, this year. So it's it's pretty cool. As, as I get older, I have a great appreciation for things and feel blessed and humbled that some of the things we've been able to do and the people we met and I had the opportunity to work with, and some have become friends of mine now, and I feel very fortunate, very, very fortunate. As you said, there are all kinds of styles of jazz, and you're living up to that this year as well. Yeah, to do a 10-day festival like we do, I mean, it's imperative that it's it's a diverse lineup of uh, music, music genres and styles. I mean, you couldn't do it if you did the same style of music all 10 days. You would never be able to sustain it. So when we went to a 10-day festival, we made it a point to make sure that we focus on traditional jazz, contemporary jazz, blues, gospel, a little pop, even a little Americana bluesy, soulful stuff, you know. And uh, it, it served us well so far. And, you know, big band music. So you're appealing to a lot of different audiences. 
and it certainly helps uh, keep the festival successful with a 10-day format. What's the central venue? Uh, the Double Tree by Hilton and Reading, downtown Reading, is the core, is the host hotel, the host venue. We're doing, phew, I don't know how many shows there, but we're doing a lot. One of our venues we lost, and so the Doubletree picked up some of the shows, so we're going full tilt there all 10 days. We have shows in the small ballroom, the big ballroom, in the amphitheater, and in the club, and in their restaurant, so there's a lot going on. Tree will be a very, very busy place for in the 10 days, August 13th to the 22nd. Well, John, how about some of the highlights? Uh, well, I mean, we, op- we opened with Chris Bodie on the 13th. But one of the things that makes this festival fun to program and produce is that we have the ability, relationship with artists to create special shows, unique shows that you're not going to see anyplace else. Like our 30th anniversary festival on August 14th, it's going to be hosted by Rick Braun. It's going to be produced by Eric Marienthal. And it's going to feature Mindy Abier, Peter White, Hughes Groove, uh, Larry Braggs, Brian Bromberg, and uh, the Burks Horns. And it's going to be an all-star show saluting the 30th anniversary of the festival. So that's going to be a special night. We have uh, the Reading Pops doing a program celebrating the spirit of Django Reinhardt. And we have Julian Debro, who's a world-class button accordion player, headlining an all-star gypsy jazz ensemble. And he wrote, he's written a, a special concerto for the festival, for that show, recognizing the 30th anniversary of the festival. It's a 30-minute piece that's going to be part of that performance. So those are the kind of things that I enjoy putting together. It's, uh, it's fun. And when you have artists who are willing to do it, it's, you know, it becomes a great collaboration. And then throughout the week, we have a, a Burke's Pop Big Band on Wednesday night, which is always a treat. We do a, a program called Burke's Pop where we get all the contemporary jazz artists and they play pop music for a night. And then, and then we turned into a big band in our 25th anniversary with Chuck Lowe produced it. Unfortunately, we lost Chuck in 2017. So this year, uh, to celebrate the 30th and to recognize Chuck, we're doing the 30th anniversary of the Burke's Pop Big Band and Andrew New and Eric Marisol are musical directors for that. So we have this all-star big band featuring, you know, like Gerald Albright, Rick Braun, Aubrey Logan from Postmodern Jukebox on trombone. So that's a special thing. So, yeah, so there's a lot of different things that we do. One of the biggest shows we're doing this year is on Saturday, August 21st. We're celebrating the music of Stevie Wonder with a show that has like 12 all-star people on it. And it's going to, including a choir and even a dancer is going to be doing dancing to some of Stevie Wonder's music. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's an artist by the name of Chris Big Dog Davis in Connecticut, who's a well-known record producer, is producing the show and, and creating it. So that kind of gives people a taste of different things. You won't see that show anyplace else. It'll be the only time you get to see it is here at the Berks Jazz Fest. People comment to me all the time, to us, the festival, the whole team, they love coming here because they, they see things they won't see any other place. And and that's good. You know, that's what we try to do. We just kind of blend it all together. A couple of those, three of those each year with the other stars doing their their own shows. I mean, like this year, we have Marcus Miller who's coming in doing a Marcus Miller and Friends. And David Sanborn's coming down to sit in with him. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And then that. So hopefully we're going to have a great 10 days. Then we move on to the 31st, uh, which is going to be next April. <laughs> we go back to our April time frame.
And we have a great team of people, Gary Spencer, who's a production manager, and Stan Danner, and uh, Mimi Cobell at the Arts Council. And we have 200 to 300 volunteers who pitch in every year. So it's a wonderful team of people, and it's a great collaboration of uh, the arts community, the business community, the hotel community. We all work together in a way that, you know, we do everything we can to be successful. And uh, I, I, I get asked all the time, I just spent part of the day with Gerald Weasley and Carol Riddick. They were on WFMZ TV promoting the festival and, and performing. And, you know, they're both from Philly, and they, they always marvel that people always say to them, why can't we do this in Philadelphia? Or why does it work in Reading? And yeah, it's because of our community. Without our community involvement, everybody having positive attitudes towards the festival, it wouldn't happen. And in the big cities, it's hard to get that, where everyone has their own agendas, their own business models, and aren't willing to sacrifice a few rooms here and there. So we're real fortunate that we're, we're able to continue to do this in Reading, Pennsylvania. How are you playing it as far as COVID goes? We're following you know, the federal, state, and local guidelines and the protocols. Uh, whatever is mandated, we're going to do. I mean, right now, Pennsylvania's in pretty good shape. Berks County and Reading, Pennsylvania, and Reading, we're, we're in good shape. We haven't had a spike in cases here. I think our vaccination rate's over 70%. So um, we're just going to do everything we can to make sure the fans feel comfortable, feel safe, and create a healthy environment. You know, our volunteers are going to be properly trained and wearing masks if they have, if they want to. And all fans have the option to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. And we're working with all the venues to make sure things are clean and the proper attention to detail is uh, set up. Now, remind our listeners of the website, please. Sure. It's uh, Berks Jazz Fest, B-E-R-K-S, jazzfest.com. BerksJazzFest.com and the files on Facebook. We have information posted daily. Uh, Instagram, so we, you can reach us on a lot of different platforms. But com has all the information you need on the festival schedules, artist information, where to buy tickets, where to stay. And uh, if you have any questions, just leave it and we'll, we'll answer it. John Ernesto, general manager of the Berks Jazz Festival, speaking about the 30th anniversary of the Berks Jazz Festival opening this Friday, August 13th, with this artist, trumpeter Chris Bodie. The festival runs through August 22nd at the Doubletree by Hilton Reading, and you can see the complete schedule online at berksjazzfest.com. berksjazzfest.com, the Berks Jazz Festival 30th anniversary celebration, August 13th through the 22nd, berksjazzfest.com.